Welcome back to another episode of The Hitchcock Minute. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1959 Alfred Hitchcock-directed thriller North by Northwest. One minute of screen time per episode. I am one of this fortnight, is that two weeks? Hosts uh, David Forsyth. And I'm the other one, Todd Lucas. And are you the one who knows what a fortnight is? I am. It, it literally is 14 days. Uh, okay, so yeah, well, well we're not going to... We're not going to do the weekends, no, you know? No, just, just like everyone else. Go to your own podcast on the weekends, guys. <laughs> uh, but we are here to talk over the movie North by Northwest for uh, just shy of two weeks now because we started yesterday. So today is Minute 62 Day, uh, where we open on Eve telling Thornhill that they still have to run the gauntlet. And we close on Thornhill being a creep about the men's room. All right. <laughs> yeah. Let's figure this out then. <laughs> All right. So Eve tells Thornhill that they have to run the gauntlet and the camera holds a tight two shot on them and it is tracking backwards as they do the the walk and talk towards the camera. Everything's in motion, but everything's staying the same. So it's it's a very sort of intimate shot on them with lots of activity going on right. around them. So it, it makes you wonder, you know, just how they had to get the setup to get the train to be this long. I mean, is the station literally long enough for them to do this? Oh yeah. Oh yes. No, it, it, it would have host, hosted fairly, you know, long. I, I don't know exactly how many cars, but like a large passenger trains, so I would assume at least, you know, 10 cars, maybe. So of, of it's it's going to be a several minutes walk from from the far end to the. To okay, the, I was hoping it would be you know reasonable in real life, but they're running the gauntlet, and uh, these two gomers who are people I could not find listings for have no idea who the actors are. Sorry, guys. Uh, one of them is just kind of looking off in the distance down the way they came from, and the other one is I don't know almost breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> Yeah, right. We So uh, Eve says the gauntlet and the, the camera cuts to a POV shot um, as they pass what appear to be two plainclothes officers. I, I don't think they're displaying any badges. We're just from the way that they are intently looking over the passenger population that is coming past them. I think we're assuming that they are police and as well. I've been assuming that these guys are all FBI or something. Something. Yeah, we do see two uniformed officers on the outer edge of the track. They're in different sorts of uniforms though the the one is clearly chicago police if you know anything about chicago police like i do um but he's he's in a blue shirt with the uh the fat star it's sort of a, a rounded star shield on his jacket he's missing the distinctive black and white checked cap band uh, but i did a little research on that and it turns out that chicago police did not adopt that cap band until the mid-1960s so that sort okay. of works but the and his his uh his badge and his cap emblem are uh, in silver the other cop is wearing golden ornamentation and he's likely either state or federal or maybe even transit police probably just given where we are yeah i would imagine that uh, at a train station that a law enforcement wouldn't be allowed to just wander free without an escort you know they would want to kind of you know keep uh, an eye on their jurisdiction even with you know the cops on site uh yeah, you know, I hadn't thought of the, that, but that that's entirely possible. I don't know what the status of that would have been because um, Amtrak didn't exist until the mid-70s, so there was no centralized right. authority for that. So if it if it was transit police, it might have been local transit sure. police. Sure, I don't know. They wouldn't have had their own private security that were basically dressed like police, would they? 
Yeah, this is too far back. For no, that. I wouldn't think so. Um, his cap emblem has an eagle on it, um, which makes me think it might be federal, but that's just a guess. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be federal. There, I bet you there was another agency involved. Yeah, then. interstate transit like this, and you know, Chicago being very near a state border, being literally on a state border with Indiana, a lot of interstate tra- travel and commerce there. So it, I wouldn't be surprised if it was federal. Now, did uh, LaSalle Street Station actually um, do any kind of like uh, commercial trains? Uh, you know, not passenger, but like, you know, uh, you know, cargo trains? Or was there a part of a complex nearby that did? You know, it, I would venture to say no, based on its position in the city, at least not at this time. Uh, the city was is pretty well developed in terms of a a lot of commercial traffic train traffic especially and truck traffic being sort of segregated to different parts of the city where this is very in close to what's called the loop or the downtown part of Chicago. So I would assume this is going to be mostly for people moving at this point. I suppose it's not impossible that there, there was um, freight or, you know, light freight maybe um, at this point, because some of these buildings do look a little warehousey retail maybe right by there. So I, I wouldn't, Put it past them to have some sort of light offloading situation right there, but I don't really know about this specific time period. If, if this were today, no chance that that's that there's freight coming in there. It would all have been in like secret underground tunnels. That, that there are three to four vertical levels to Chicago, and things like utilities and freight are all in the sub basements. So, so we cut back to even Thornhill as they walk and talk. Thornhill struggles with the bags a bit more. States that he doesn't normally mind carrying a load. I'm accustomed to having a load. To what she's got in her bags. bags. She she breaks out her degree in sass again, and says bowling, bowling balls, balls naturally. naturally. And he says, "Oh, naturally." It sounds a little Looney Tunes to me. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of for a few seconds after she says it's bowling balls. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know if it's meant to be flirty or not. They have very much a like. We're doing things, but we can't show it because we're being um, nonchalant, you know, or she's she's being a lot more nonchalant than he it, is. It's almost like she's daring him to break character and get after her for her remarks. Just egging him on. Yeah, she gets a lot of, like, sultry eye movements back and forth, but that's, like, the rest of her face is fairly deadpan. Well, she's good at this, whatever <laughs> this is. Yeah. So Thornhill, then, uh, his next question is about the whereabouts of his suit. One of these has he my tells suit him it's crammed into the, the smallest small bag, right <laughs> which is tucked under his arm. And the ungrateful reply comes, oh, thanks, oh, that ought to do the suit, suit a lot of good. good. Yeah, what was she, he expecting her to do? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here, I've put it in this men's attache that I don't have with me because I'm a lady who traveled by herself on a train. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, don't I don't know what he thinks is going on here, but it's all highly unusual. And the fact that he's getting away with anything, he should just be grateful for it. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to think that she's the brains behind all this. And ex- actually, she will prove that in the next next bit of here because she sort of shifts the focus back to to the mission at hand, which is finding Kaplan. Right, right? finding the the. Uh, do we know that Kaplan's fake at this point? In the movie, yeah. I, I didn't take that. Me neither. You find that out. Yeah. When do we actually see the the people that are behind Kaplan? We see them pretty early, don't we? Yeah. Like maybe around thirty or forty. I think so. I think. Yeah. I think we know at this point that Kaplan is a fabrication of the government. Anyway, she she shifts attention back 
to to cap to the mission to Kaplan uh, by saying that she doesn't sure, think that Kaplan, Kaplan will mind the wrinkles in his suit. Yeah, so still there. What time they, is it? They do feel a little urgency though as they realize it's nine ten a.m. and Thornhill's concerned nine, that Kaplan may have left his, hotel, have left his hotel room already, and he seems he seems anxious. Eve is still pretty cool and has a plan. Right? She she tells Thornhill that uh, she'll call Kaplan. Or no, no, no. Thornhill says that he'll call Kaplan. Uh, and Eve says Red that a red cap and a phone booth would, would be suspicious. suspicious. I mean, uh, well, all right. I, I don't know if that's true or not. It seems like even red caps would be able to, you know, call their family if they needed to. But I don't know. Cary Grant in a red cap is already suspicious enough. We don't need to put him somewhere else. <laughs> that's true. Like, if you look around at, well, we'll see a lot more faces of red caps later. And he's by far the handsomest. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean. The ruse only holds up. <laughs> until you look he's by far the handsomest of the men in the country right at this point you know yeah. not not just uh in the red caps yeah, but, if yeah. there was the magazine of the sexiest man alive i'm sure he would have been on one of them i'm sure you know him and ryan reynolds so. <laughs> <laughs> that's right it's green lantern and red cap <laughs> sorry <laughs> that's terrible um, yeah no I, green lantern was terrible i agree <laughs> <laughs> so uh thornhill he at this point he grunts a little indicating that he doesn't like having to put her in charge of of this important part of the plan uh but he he concedes that it would be suspicious for a red cap to be at a phone booth so she says she'll call kaplan and thornhill quizzes her says uh you know what are you going to say what are you going to tell and him so she says mm-hmm. do you want to see him right away it's terribly urgent it's a matter of life yes, and death no and no explanations right so like this guy, they they know. Well, they they think he's real, and they think he's a federal agent. What what kind of federal agent's going to respond to the like? Oh, I I'm not going to explain anything. Come right away. It's a matter of life and death. Yeah, his death is what if he were real, he'd be afraid of. Exactly. Yeah, and she she says all this in in such a like yada yada blah 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 postscript kind of cool monotone tone that it, it's it's like of course this is what we're going to do, but I don't know. It doesn't. It all sounds suspicious. It, it does. Uh, it makes you wonder if Thornhill is like, you know, he hears the way she presents it and goes, oh, yeah, well, obviously, because he didn't know what he was going to say. He was just going to get on a phone on the phone and <laughs> look, I'm a successful man. I am just going to care of this because it's just me talking on a phone. And what could go wrong? Yes. And I've and I've made it this far on my wits, you know, which is really not very far <laughs> because she has. In the, uh, I don't know, what, 12 hours that they've known each other, saved his bacon on, on numerous occasions. I think so. mostly he's gotten this far sheerly on the, the fact that he has an amazing alcohol tolerance. <laughs> he's got a pocket full of cash, a good, good practice at driving drunk, um, and that's, those are his skills so far. Well, you know, it, it goes with his uh, line of work, apparently. <laughs> I suppose it does. Madman was no lie. So... Uh, Eve tells him at this point that uh, he should change his clothes while she's making the call. Uh, and he gets a little snippy and uh, says, where do you propose I do that? In Marshall, Marshall Field's, Field's window. window, which is a nice local reference, by the way. Um, Marshall Field's being a Chicago-based department store. I, I suppose it was, I don't know if it was nationwide or just Midwestern-wide at, at some point, but it was. Man, well, it was definitely here in St. Louis when I was a kid, so. Yeah, so it, it, it was known far and wide, um, but the, the Marshall Fields branch that he would have been talking about would likely have been the State Street branch, which is, you know, the, the big downtown flagship, seven store, stories worth of 
of you know everything you could want to to purchase it's about a 15 minutes walk away so he either doesn't know his chicago geography or he's just being a dick i think it's both i'm pretty well i was gonna say i'm pretty sure it's the latter but yeah it could be both he's from manhattan he doesn't give a crap about chicago as far as he's concerned he's in the boonies yeah it's uh, uh did they call it train over country probably not no um, you know no because they don't you don't train over anything but when i was looking up this train line this train trip from manhattan to downtown chicago was about a 16 hour train ride so can you imagine like it i don't imagine anyone made the uh new york to los angeles business trip uh very often uh, like they do, do these days but um, take you most of the week just to do it and recover from <laughs> it so yeah exactly well that's you know except you you get to sleep in the upper bunk with the uh, with the attractive blonde ladies. Uh, so I'm pretty sure most tickets don't come with that. Oh, oh really? Just That's, his. Yeah, I just assume. Just his. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, never mind. Then. And mostly because he's Cary Grant, so. <laughs> right. I have zero claim to that, so. <laughs> and he doesn't, you, you get a certain amount of sitting down at the table with strange ladies and not being called a creeper and kicked out right away when you're carrying this is true so i i I can't even walk past people without being called a creeper so (laughs) (laughs) you creep keep walking yeah that's what i was doing i was i was just walking (sighs) yeah so eve tells him that she was thinking or what she says i sort of had the men's room in mind and thornhill being the pervert that he is drips a did you know (laughs) At the end of the minute, because apparently he thinks that the men's room at a busy train station is everyone's idea of a sexy rendezvous. And we'll find out shortly that that's nowhere near the case. So, <laughs> no, nowhere near the case. I, the, the men's room scene, I mean, it is fairly entertaining, but, but, but not in the sexy rendezvous. Right. Sort of way, yeah. So, can't even imagine there was a space anywhere in the train station that would have been okay for that. So, yeah, no, I, I no. In 1959, uh, a woman stepping into the men's room uh, in a public place would would not have been looked upon as the oh boy, look at that um, sort no, of titillation. It the cops probably would have been called into the restroom immediately. And they are crawling all over this place today. Right. <laughs> they are in several different uniforms and non-uniforms and all those sorts of things. So. Anything else uh, exciting to talk about in this minute? I, I think it's been a yeah. it's been a lot of walk and talk. It's been a little cop looking. It's definitely been a long walk. It's been a long walk. Yeah, that's true. We have had two consecutive minutes that uh, consisted of mostly train walking, and I, I think that's entirely appropriate to uh, to show. I, I think it would take you several. I mean, just walking through Penn Station along a along the length of a commuter train which is not going to be as long as one of these passenger cross country passenger chains. It, if it took you three to five minutes to walk the length of it, I, that, that would be completely normal. So I think, I think we're still in the spec of, of real time here. We're not, we're not compressing or what's the other, what's the other direction of compressing extending, extending. And yeah, it extending, doesn't look like they're at, I, there's been no noticeable, like, you know, them backing up. In the walk, you know, I've been watching the scenery, making sure that they're they're not actually, you know, cutting on any of these camera reverses and backing them up and starting again. Yeah, yeah. And we do see a lot of activity come behind them, right? We see when they first get off the train, we see a lot of um like open view of the 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 end of the train station where you can see Chicago um and some baggage handling going on. Right. And as they progress further, you see more passengers disembarking 
in filling in the space. Yeah. There's a lady directly behind them and between their heads wearing a dark dress. And she's got probably, it looks like a white coat and a silver purse in one arm and a blue bag in the dangling yes, from her cosmetics her bag. And, and, and she's been continuous. There's no, no moments where she's further away. Even when they're actually literally making a cut, she's always kind of just dead on right where she needs to be. So I don't think they would have been good enough to do continuity that this had to be just a continuous shot from several cameras that they edited later. Yeah, you're probably right. And the least believable thing about this is that, you know, they were at the far end of the train and they, they made it to the front of the crowd um, before uh, getting cut off. You know, like it's it'd be like people in row 29 getting off the plane first. So that's just not... Yeah, maybe it was a, a lightly uh, packed uh, train. Maybe it's got way too much capacity. Who knows? Maybe maybe some of the people are still asleep or still, you know, packing. And well, that's a, a good point. I had thought about that. If if you're allowed to sleep on the train and it's nine a.m., it's going to be a little more relaxed. Yeah. I mean this this train is not going to be disassembled and turned into something else. It's right. going to be off to another destination, and it's going to be hours before they've emptied it, resupplied it, and gotten all their passengers aboard. So. I don't think anybody's in a hurry. You haven't been forced to put up your tray table and discard your coffee uh, 45 minutes ago. So right. Could still be finishing your, your, your paper and your coffee at this point. Oh yeah. They might still be in the dining cars. Yeah. Right? Full service these days. And this train thing sounds great. Yeah. Let's try that. Yeah. Uh, this is an advertisement for luxurious train travel. And yesteryear. Don't forget. Yes. Things were better before we were born. Everyone. Exactly. Is there a correlation there? <laughs> I'm hoping that it's a coincidental and ah, causal. Okay. All right. Perfect. All right. Well, that's about all I had. We could probably wax poetic about steel beams and, and sides of trains if you want, but uh, let's save that. I do for... like the steel beams. Yeah. Well, they're painted silver and... And they got all the rivets. I love the all... rivets. Oh, God. Such good riveting. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll save that for rivet minute. Um Oh, right. wait. Riveting minute? No. Riveting I, minute. Yeah. I don't no. Know. No. No. <laughs> All of these minutes are riveting. Exactly. Um, yeah. Let's wrap it up then and tell everyone that you can find the Hitchcock Minute podcast on Apple Podcasts. You know, this is the first podcast I've done post iTunes, I think. That's weird. We don't tell people to find us on iTunes anymore. That's true. It's uh, anyway. It's been a moment since that happened, but yeah. Yeah. So find us on, you know, the notoriously buggy Apple Podcasts app on your iOS device or on the uh the old Google Play which is probably just as buggy. I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a horse in this game. Um or on the main site at hitchcockminute.com for those of you who like the old school going to places without apps. Um you can connect with us on the social medias at uh, us and and all of the other hosts for all the other minutes at the man on washington's nose on facebook and on twitter at hitchcock minute then join us for minute 63 of north by northwest tomorrow on hitchcock minute